Exchange-funded fund, traded funds added 923,790 troy ounces of gold. That's 1.07 million ounces since the beginning of the year. Yeah, it didn't go in the, into GLD, mate. So where did it go? They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Right, welcome to Live from the Vault. Uh, this is Shane Moran, and welcome to the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide. Welcome, everyone. As you can imagine, the Live from the Vault community is keeps growing every single week, and we thank you for your continued support. There's a lot to talk about during these historic times. We've got Andrew McGuire in the house. He'll be talking gold, and we have a, another awesome episode. Why is that? Well, because today we have special guest, the one and only... Craig Hempke from the TF Metals Report. So just before we get to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire and our special guest, please keep spreading the word about this channel by liking, sharing, and smash that subscribe button. And then click on that bell there if you'd like to get notified as each episode goes live. So do it now. So with that, let's head over to the UK and to the US with Talking Gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire and our special guest, Get this, I just read this today. It was pretty cool. Greg Hemke from TF Metals Report, he's known as Turd Ferguson, is not a soothsayer. He's not a psychic. He's not a witch. But after all these years, he simply has a decent handle on the gold and silver markets. Andrew, welcome and uh, over to you. <laughs> hey, Craig, it's such a pleasure, my friend. Um, we're, we're brothers. And I, I, I just feel like we, we, we just... We were made from the same person. So uh, anyway, so nice to have you again, mate. Good to see you, Andy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I might not be a witch. Um, I kind of look a little bit like a warlock here. I, I didn't, I, I see myself up close sometimes. It's like, I, I need a haircut. I'm starting to look like your buddy, Jeff Christian. Um, <laughs> never, never. Well, this, is actually, this is actually my actual hair. So... For what it's worth, anyway. Jeff would give you a, give you a, a lot of silver for that uh, for just a piece of that hair. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey Dad, good to see you guys. Um, man, going to be a wild year. I I've done a number of of calls since the first of the year because I always crank out an annual forecast, which is dangerous business in its own right. Uh, but every time I do one of these, I I I, I kind of start it with with this and that. This look, anybody that tells you what's going to happen this year. On a macro basis, I mean, they're pulling your leg. This is going to be a wildly uh, volatile year. And I mean, geez, we're not even three weeks, four weeks into it. And here we are. Yeah. And, and I saw that. I saw that report. It's always well received. And I think you did that um, via the Sprott channel. Um, and, um, and and really good. Really excellent. Okay. I mean, so, so, I mean, it's hard to distill, to still distill stuff down, but Essentially, we started this year a little more bullishly than I than I actually really anticipated, but some structural stuff going on here. Craig, what are you seeing, my friend? Yeah, you know, we came out of the last week of the year, uh, last 2021, you know, and drifting higher and like, hey, okay, we got a little momentum. And man, they just put it to us. Remember on the first trading day of the year uh, here in the U.S., then on the third day, it's like, oh, man, uh, but it's been pretty good ever since. And <clears throat> excuse me, as we record this, there's a cute little channel on the daily chart that gold keeps following higher without getting overbought. And it, I mean, that's where a bull trend should look. And I, you know, one nice thing, Andy, is, and you know this, um, while it's painful 
and frustrating to kind of flag out like this on a chart and consolidate gains after a big run because you want to, everybody wants to just to keep going. But that's never, it seems, how it works. But, you know, the, the longer you, you, you channel, you know, you kind of consolidate like this and flag out, the more it becomes clear to everybody what the levels are that when you break out, you know. And so everybody right now is looking at 1880 and then beyond there, 1920. And as gold takes out those levels this year, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that follow gold or follow the markets in general that won't notice, you know, where, you know, a lot of times you get a breakout, you know, and it's like, oh, and it takes a while for that to catch on. So it's possible that you know, once we, you know, start exceeding some of those levels, things could move pretty quickly. And there's a number of macro uh, issues that might drive that, Andy, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the good things, uh, one of the things I love about you, you Craig, it, it, you don't just have a view of what's going on in the paper markets. You, you know, you also see the other side of the picture. And, and you know, I guess we tend to live in this COMEX central world and, and yeah. everyone looks at the COMEX and, and obviously it's a major factor. And I think it is personally, I think that is where uh, the, the uh, where the BIS operates, um, definitely central banks operate. Um, we have, uh, of course, you know, Gatter, uh, Chris Powell talks about it all the time, and 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 he's right. Um, it it is is because it's a paper market, and in my view, um, <clears throat> because it's a paper market, and because you can you, you can basically there's enough suckers in this paper market to take an undeliverable contract, borrow it off the big guys. And and play a game, um, which they're going to lose, as in any casino, you know, 95 percent goes to the house and 5 percent goes to the players. Mm. So but I think the central banks can't really operate so fully in the over the counter markets because it's deliverable. And I think one of the thing, the key things I'm taking away right now, especially after the 280 tons of, of SLV that supposedly went into the SLV yesterday into a declining silver price. Yeah. Um, but you, you can see that basically the, the, the flywheel is all paper. And, and so you can settle out the paper market. The minute you start to go into the over-the-counter markets, which is physically deliverable, then really you're starting to get on very, very dicey turf. So and then I noticed that the one of the, the 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 one flywheel that's left is the ETFs. This the ability to not and what was it? I mean, I, I we just did something on this a minute ago. What BlackRock said: we may be unable to acquire enough of the metal and the SLV to suspend or restrict the issuance of baskets of shares. Hello, H hello, hang on a minute. 280 tons of silver was bought yesterday, Monday, and the price went down. Hold on. I can't buy that silver. Um, no one I know can buy that silver. If, if we went out market and bought silver, it'd be 30 bucks. It'd be at least 30 bucks. Right. So to me, it's an interesting that thank you for having that bigger view. Well, Andy, what, I got to pat you on the back. Uh, I mean, getting to know you over the last decade, I mean, you were the one that first taught me about you know, the shenanigans in London, you know, and the uh, spot index orders and the unallocated book and how they just take metal and move it across a line in the vault with a forklift and all this. So anyway, um, it, it, the, the thing is so many people look at gold and they think of it as just as, as you say, a dot on a screen. 
you know, it's just a price that crawls on the bottom of the page on uh, CNBC. But there's so much more that goes into it. And if you're going to follow gold as I do, like I, I tell the people on my site, what they pay me for is be their eyes and ears. I'm, I'll sit here and watch this stuff all day long and, uh, you know, write about it in the morning and record a podcast in the afternoon so that you don't have to. And if there's something big going on, I'll let you know. But my job is to keep track of all this for you. And if you're going to track gold, you, there's a lot you got to keep track of. Uh, it's not just, you know, whatever the demand numbers are out of, you know, this or, I mean, there's all kinds of different fundamental reasons uh, that people get, uh, that, that they think are important when it's a whole basket of things. And that's what I try to write about. Uh, that's why I call it a macro cast on when I write these annual reports. And I'll give you two quick things, Andy, that, um, that are already in the news here in January that are driving gold higher. One I mean, again, we're right back to where we were in either 2010 or again in 2019, where the Fed is trying to convince everybody that they're going to tighten. You know, you got these banks out there saying they're going to hike four or five times or, or uh, you know, they're going to run off. I saw Goldman yesterday say over the weekend saying they're going to run off the balance sheet by $100 billion a month. <laughs> wow. Come on, man. Wow. I mean, look, they played this game before, Andy. Uh, you go back to 2009, QE1 was going to be a one-off, right? It was $700 billion. Oh, I, we're not monetizing the debt, Bernanke said. And it's only a one-time deal. And so as we go into 2010, they're still trying to convince the markets of that. Well, by November of 2010, here comes QE2. And, that, and it was when the curtain was pulled back and everybody went, wait a second, they're just BSing us that silver went from 18 to 48 and gold went from 1,000 to nearly 2,000. Okay, so then, hey, let's play this game again. So from about 13 to 18, we get Operation Twist and all this other crap, Ola, and they, they, managed, they let rates go up to where the 10-year note got over 3%. They ran off like $700 billion off their balance sheet in five years, not in five months like Goldman Sachs says they're going to do. Anyway, we got to the, that point, and in November and early December of 18, the stock market cracked. And it fell about 20% in 20 days. And the Powell pivoted in the market and he panicked. And after a, a New Year's Eve meeting of the president's working group on financial markets, the plunge protection team, I mean, this really did happen. I mean, it was reported by CNN and, you know, on regular news outlets. All of a sudden, the markets go up a thousand points on the day after Christmas. But that was when Powell informally changed policy. He formally changed policy and started cutting rates in June of 19, again, 19 being a year that began with all these banks talking about four more rate hikes and the 10 year going to 5% and all this stuff, wrong. And again, what happened? The, the curtain gets pulled back. The Fed's revealed to be a bunch of charlatans and liars. Gold goes from, oh, what, 12.50 to all the way to 2100, I guess. By the time we got, you know, we peaked out in August of, uh, of last year, silver went from 14 to 29. So, uh, here we are again. Same old, same old crapola. Fed's going to hike rates. They're going to run down the balance sheet and all this stuff. And we're already, and already we've seen what the stock market down ten percent. Okay, look, it's not going to happen. That's the first thing. Second thing is, and and this is something that I picked up from Zero Hedge that I don't, you know, they write about it, but I never see report anywhere. And it's something called the Chinese credit impulse. And that's kind of a Kind of, let's just, for the sake of simplicity, it's a measure of whether the Chinese are tightening or, or easing monetary policy. 
And if the credit impulse is rising, that means they're easing. And if they're easing, then there's more yuan floating around. And invariably, it flows out and they start buying stuff. Okay. So the last four times that they've been easing and the credit impulse has been rising, commodities have soared. And a lot of times it, it's spilled over into gold, goes up, gold goes 20, 20, 30% during that easing cycle. Silver might go twice that, 70, 80%. Well, guess what? You know, before we really started taking off last week, what happened? China cut one of their interest rates. And that, that, that credit impulse started to turn higher again from the same level that it's turned higher before on a chart. So I think we're in a spot now where even with the rising dollar, as we saw last week, commodities are just soaring. And I mean, not just gold and silver, they're along for the ride. Copper, the industrial metals, crude oils, $85 a barrel, uh, wheat, soybeans. I mean, you name it. Everything's going up. And I think that's kind of tied to the Chinese buying as well. Anyway, I wrote all about that in my forecast this year that allowed me to kind of put pieces together that I expect, you know, higher prices and some building momentum. Again, with the caveat that, I mean, God knows how this will all play out. It's going to be a crazy year. And it's interesting because we've got Fed tomorrow. This is recording this on Tuesday. Um, hey, I mean, if we see a stock market where we're technically S&P's pretty close to being in a technical correction here. NASDAQ's already a technical correction. Um, I mean, do you, th do you think this is, I mean, this hawkish, hawkish view that, I mean, it's baked in. Gold and silver have baked in these rate hikes. Now, do you think there might be some sort of pivot the other way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's just it. You know, I, I still see stuff. Uh, even just yesterday, I saw some Bloomberg opinion piece about how the Fed is going to, you know, they don't care about the stock market anymore. They want to burst the bubble. And I'm like, what planet do you live on? I mean, by, by artificially deflating interest rates down to zero, they have forced, I mean, not just you and me and, you know, savers and stuff. I mean, they forced every institution on the planet, endowments, foundations, insurance funds, pension funds. Everybody's had to take on risk, you know, whether it's high yield debt, or, you know, some form of equities or real estate investment. You know, you got all these these uh, big companies like BlackRock that now have these big real estate investment trusts that are buying up homes, you know, and becoming slumlords, basically. And they cannot, the Fed cannot afford to wipe all that out because it would be this massive deflationary event. And how do you, for example, the pension system in the U.S. is already vastly underfunded mainly on the you know the public side there's not a lot of private pensions left but they're vastly underfunded and they then they had to take on all this extra risk just to try to keep up and now you tell me the fed is deliberately going to burst all that and wipe it all out i mean there's just no way there's no way so they well their credibility is at stake okay credibility versus a total wipeout uh i think they'll choose a side of trying to avoid the total wipeout for as long as possible that's why they pivoted in 2019, that's why they pivoted in 2010-11, and that's why they will do so again. You know, they took five years from 13 to 18 trying to play this charade out of, oh yes, we're going back to normal balance sheet and all that stuff. They won't even get five months this time, Andy. I mean, they, it's just that they're going to be revealed for being liars. And then again, just like in the past, it, it, as, as the market globally figures out, wait a second, they've just been pulling our leg. Uh, that's when the precious metals seem to take off. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I hear you. I mean, this is, that's great analysis as well. And I'm glad that people can come and get that from you on a day-to-day -day basis as well. It's very important that people understand what's going on. Uh, you know, when you're sitting there making decisions, there's a thousand inputs. You see, you need to really distill it down to, well, yeah, but actually, what does that translate into what do I do? Whether I'm a stacker, that's easy, actually, a stacker. I mean, you know very well that any dip is worth buying. But, but then obviously there's a lot of people make a living out of this. So it's important. And I think um, so that there's some, some really interesting stuff going on at the moment. I think the, the, one of the interesting things, and I, I talked about this in my, in my last episode, it was just, in fact, we broke that news. Uh, we had this letter from Argo Horaeus, and it said, oh, okay, by the way, um, mm, we've got an Omicron. Oh, shortage of staff. Um, no, we're not. We can't produce. Uh, we, 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 be, be aware that we, we won't be able to fill your orders to the degree you want them. And guess what? You want any silver? Forget it. We've shut that down completely. It is dry. We're, uh, obviously, we're using any resources we have to, to produce gold at a far lesser rate. Now, what happened? What happened the last time? And this is the first time actually since March 2020 that we've had, okay, it was slightly different because the refineries were shut down then. But what happened was, was the exchange for physical, this COMEX translation, this paper price translates over to the EF, to the, through this EFP conduit simply. In other words, it converts into a, 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 a spot contract, an FX contract, which is actually how you price gold at the fixes, which we've just been through. So here's the problem, is that, that when, when, when you see that price get crystallized and you can actually take delivery, what happens is the liquidity provider that is providing that long, uh, suddenly you turn around and you go, okay, well, actually, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll take delivery of that. Thank you very much because I can't get it anywhere else. And, and suddenly, all of a sudden, what happened was, well, yeah, but we don't have the physical. Um, so let me, we need to cover that position. The liquidity provides bail. They all disappear. Liquidity vanishes. And now it's costing you 80 to 100 bucks to, to buy back a short position that you hedged with a paper got long gold position. So, okay, I know that Basel III has is slowly, slowly bringing the banks compliant. They are coming to be compliant because literally they lost a lot of money. A lot of these banks, European Swiss banks, pulled out of that business altogether. And in fact, they even pulled out of the third party custody business, which is so profitable. They just didn't want anything to do with it. Compliance said no. So you've got this effect where, yes, the Bank of International Settlements can create un unallocated contracts. They can throw them into the COMEX, but you don't have the banks joining in with them anymore. And it's an interesting, subtle difference. It's very subtle, but it's coming. And so, and in fact, you mentioned silver and you mentioned commodities. All commodities are going to be NSFR compliant. Ultimately, they have to be because, again, it's about compliance. It's about these banks are on the hook. Now, gold, you know, obviously, the, the uh, officials, as we call them, the, the central bank of central bank, the Fed, yeah, they have an interest in capping gold. They don't have an interest in capping anything else. And, and really, it's, it's, about the, it's about competition of, of gold and the dollar. So it's an interesting dynamic at this point because we see that 
these the, the agent banks starting to pull away. Uh, we still see the need to cap gold. Uh, it's happening. And we see that. We see it in options expiry. We're seeing a spike higher to $10. We see it come right back down. We see a capping at 1850. Why is that? It's because on Monday, Bank of International Settlements really wants it around 1830-ish. But what's happening is, is that we're now seeing this, this, this AFP situation because the refiners are now no longer producing the kind of volume that makes a liquidity provider comfortable. And the liquidity providers are, in general, having to back their long positions with physical, which makes it very difficult. So that means a short position on the COMEX, when it's hedged with an over-the-counter position, unless it's actually held by the Bank of International Settlements, is actually backed by physical. And so now you have a physical contract being backed by, obviously backing a short position. And we're starting to see that process. And I think because what happens is ultimately the EFP is the flywheel. So the EFP, it comes into the EFP if the price gets too low. We see backwardations. We see the, we already see anything below 1830. We're seeing massive backwardations, two and a half bucks even. Uh, anything below 1840, we're also seeing the backwardations. What does that mean? It means that you've got an opportunity to, to arbitrage the difference between the COMEX price, which is cheaper than the cash price. And so we're starting to see this effect. And so, and without the agent banks there to, to, to actually control that flywheel, this flywheel then has two choices. You either allow the Russia, China, BRICS countries, you and I to go and buy that physical and literally translate that into a physical and take it off the market, or you spin what you can into the uh, ETFs. And currently we're seeing that spin. And we saw Bloomberg come out, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, Bloomberg, exchange funded fund, traded funds added 923,790 troy ounces of gold. That's 1.07 million ounces since the beginning of the year. Yeah, it didn't go in the, into GLD, mate. So where the hell did that go? That's the question. Where did it go? What do you think? Yeah, that, that's, you know, I, I, I might just mention it aside. You know, we watched Bitcoin fall this year, you know, and it's had a really tough start to the year and it, actually the last 90 days. And I think it's funny. I mean, I own Bitcoin, too. I mean, it's not like I'm against it or anything. But all the traditional the people have been proponents of it for a decade are like baffled. Well, wait a second, you know, the halving took place and the hash rate is record highs and all these things that used to correlate with higher Bitcoin prices. Why doesn't that work anymore? Well, guess what? The banks have financialized it just like gold. They've created all this synthetic Bitcoin now, you know, whether it's in futures contracts or ETFs or all that stuff. So wait a second. Now, all of a sudden, it's trading uh, like gold uh, where it's capped and managed. Huh? Hmm. That's a shocking development. So anyway, that and that's just the way uh, where we are. It, but like you said, there's a chance now um, through Basel III that we're finally making some progress in creating, I guess, I guess we call it a financial disincentive for the banks to continue with business as usual. Um, you mentioned the EFPs. Uh, I remember Eric Sprott telling me in about 2017, he said, have you noticed this volume of these exchange for physicals, how it's just exploded? So I've been keeping track of it on a daily basis for four years. And there were days before March 2020 when it was like 30,000 contracts being, you know, exchanged for physical, whatever that meant. 
And then when that all blew up, uh, you know, and the spreads blew out to $100 between spot uh, and spot and uh, the front month, it was like it was a, a complete destruction of, of counterparty confidence. You know, I'm not going to short this here because I don't think you're going to be able to deliver metal. And with now the the um, uh, what the situation silver again that you referenced with uh, refineries uh, shutting down due to elect, you know, either it's COVID or electricity issues in Europe. And we're getting back to that, that kind of supply tightness again. And I'll give you one more thing, Andy, that has been on my mind. I've been, uh, even after last week, if you get into the, the nuts and bolts, you know, get granular in the commitment of traders report, there's a category called swap dealers. Okay. Well, what's a swap? Well, what's a swap? A swap is a derivative. Okay, well, what kind of derivatives are we talking about? Futures and options. Okay, well, who deals futures and options? The banks. Okay, so why don't we just wipe out swap dealers category just called bank trading desks? <laughs> but anyway, uh, we don't want to make it too clear for everybody what's going on. Oh, well, the, sw the swap dealer category in silver uh, is net long silver contracts. Not much, maybe like a thousand contracts. Um, but that's a very rare occurrence. It doesn't mean silver can't go down on COMEX, but it's pretty unlikely to go down uh, given that they are net long at these prices. And that's probably a reflection of what's going on with Basel III too, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. And people, people think, well, you know, NSFR uh, really, that, that really only really relates to gold, but it doesn't because every single commodity, and I believe, that every single in silver, uh, anyone who trades silver, anyone who trades any commodity is going to have to be compliant. You don't want to roll that stuff onto onto your onto your balance sheet uh, as a short. And and I think um, these two big to fail banks now are definitely. I mean, once you've got one in, I think we've got certainly every bank that we've spoken to, every European Swiss bank, every bank that we've spoken to, is treating silver as in the same way. Uh, and they're looking at all commodities in the same way. You have to. Well, and, and Andy, you know, this year becomes about, you know, we might look back a year from now. Maybe this will finally be the year that we kick this, the legs out from under the stool, you know, of this game. I mentioned Bitcoin being financialized. This, the way the banks have financialized the precious metals, really all commodities. But, you know, our main concern is the precious metals. And they've convinced over the last 50 years that, you know, you, know, you, know, you don't need the actual physical metal. No, 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 no. You, you know, you can take uh, exposure to price through these futures contracts or these forward contracts or these ETFs or these unallocated accounts. And they've created all of this, you know, pretend make-believe stuff. And when the time comes, and it could be this year, you know, all the geopolitical events that are going on, this revealing of the, you know, the Fed and the other central bankers of all being full of crap and that there's no way out besides print, 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 that you combine that with, COVID and energy crisis and everything else, maybe this is the year where we finally reach that point of critical mass that we start what is essentially an old fashioned bank run, you know, where, you know, you keep your money in the local, you know, uh, you know, your local bank, they don't keep your whole deposit on hand there. They don't just put it in the vault, they loan it out, you know, and they might keep 10% of it there for people that want cash that day. And as long as nobody shows up wanting all their cash, Everything sails along just fine. You know, it's when, you know, like that scene in It's a Wonderful Life, when everybody shows up at the same time wanting their cash, that, the you know, this fractional reserve system is revealed, you know, and you get a bank run and a collapse. 
And that's what we've been waiting for in the precious metals, you know, for as long as I've known you. Um, can you can we get to that point where we kick the legs out from under the stool and, and uh, people demand more physical metal than the system can provide? And eh, you know what? I'm th this could easily be a this could be the year that does it. I I, I don't know if it will. Eventually, it's going to happen. But with all the different volatility and you know that's coming up as we go through this year, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, it just augurs for just getting physical metal um, as we've been preaching for you know as long as I've known you, Andy. That uh, unless you've got physical metal or something like kinesis, uh, you're going to be left holding the bag. And, and that's why you've got to be paying attention. You've got to know what you're doing if you're going to track the precious metals. And you've got to watch shows like yours so you can stay up to date every week. It is physical. And, and you know, that's it. Physical, physical, physical. It, it, uh, we did, I did an interview with Robert Kiyosaki recently. That's all he kept saying. Physical, physical. How, how much physical do you have? And I think you've just said it. Craig, you've just said it. I mean, this paper market, what ultimately happens, you can play all the games in the paper market. You can shuffle between uh, people who never take delivery and the, uh, the, the, the house versus the specs, you know. Who, but where are the banks? Where are, the, where are these? They're all long physical, physical silver, physical gold. They are long, long, long. And they're using every single price dip. And why do we know this? Because... Again, it's back to the EFPs, is that if you play that price too low and you just it translates across to a real world outside this casino where real physical is in central bank demand in all over the world. And it's like people are looking for how do I divest my dollars? How do I divest my depreciating dollars into uh, forests, land? gold, silver, the things that are tangible. And so you play that game too much and you put that flywheel, spin it too much, then it translates into a physical delivery. Yes, you can spin some of it off into the ETFs, but that only really settles the COMEX guys who are or really the, the, the funds that are really unable to, 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 in their mandate, to buy any physical. So they're forced into an ETF. They want any exposure to gold and silver because they get rinsed multiple times. But ultimately, this price that is being set in the COMEX ultimately is deliverable through an EFP. And, and I think that's where we're seeing the difference. We're talking about this is the legs that you're talking about coming out from under this. Every bank we speak to, and I've got, I know I, I speak to Goldman, I speak to JP Morgan, I speak to the, all the Swiss banks. They were all saying, I say, yeah, oh, come on, you know, what are you doing? Are you really, you know, yeah, we've got physical. Yeah, we're buying physical. Yeah, of course we're buying physical. Of course we are physical, physical, physical. So, you know, anyone that hasn't got physical, I mean, these guys, the big boys have got physical. So what, what the hell is everyone else doing? Yeah. And it, it, the example I use all the time, Andy, is the central banks. You know, we may not like them. We, you know, I may, you know, especially the major Western central banks. But all you do, you scan the headlines every month, you know, whether it's Ireland or Russia or Kazakhstan. I mean, you go down the list of all these uh, global central banks that are adding gold. They're divesting out of their dollar reserves and moving into gold. Well, what are you and I and everybody watching us, at least in the U.S., you've got dollar reserves, right? You work, uh, you spend what you need to spend. Whatever's left over is savings. 
and you hold it in dollar-based assets, whether that's a checking account or a mutual fund or whatever, but you have dollar reserves. And so if some of these major central bankers around the world who have a pretty good idea of what's coming and where we are, if they're moving some money every month out of their dollar reserves into physical gold, well, why wouldn't that be a good idea for you and me and everybody else? And as we go forward, like I said, this year is, Andy, we've got another election coming here in the U.S. this year. And no one's even talking about, I mean, what a disaster it was in 2020. And I know it's not a presidential election, but we're electing, you know, all of our uh, lower house of Congress, the House of Representatives and a third of the Senate. And the control of that and all that money's at stake. It is going to be ugly and nasty. And, you know, you think Antifa and all the other riots and everything that took place in 2020, that's all coming. You know, Andy, what if here's here's a risk for you. Um, what if it is revealed as over the course of this year that all of the policies that have been pursued by governments to try to control um, the current health situation, um, what if it's revealed that all those policies have done more harm than good? And I mean, what kind, I mean, it's not just going to be in the U.S. and U.K. This would be a global thing. You know, all the people that have been shut down and, and confined to their homes and lost their jobs and, and all this stuff due to these policies, they're going to freak out. You know, if it's revealed that they, you know, that none of this was the right way to go. Um, and so I, there's just so much uncertainty out there that you could get, again, just a crisis of confidence. And, you know, think of like Stan Druckenmiller, right? The big hedge fund guy. And they always talk, oh, Druckenmiller is into gold. Oh, he's not. You know, he owns a GLD. I mean, he doesn't own Jack. He can't, even he can't convert shares of the GLD into gold. So what if a guy like that all of a sudden wants the real thing? And he's just one guy. I mean, what if all these different hedge funds uh, and, and high net worth people and everybody else that thinks they own gold, but all they own is exposure to price. What if they suddenly want the real thing? You know, what if Russia and China finally team up together and say, you know, uh, we're sick of the U.S. and their, you know, their hegemonic control of the monetary system. So we're going to offer an alternative, just an alternative, you know, for people to use. And uh, we're going to back it, you know, some way with some of our physical gold. So, so you have confidence in using it. <laughs> How would that change things? So uh, all this stuff is out there you know, as, as the year progresses. And, and uh, again, I just keep coming back to that. It's going to feel, I mean, we're down, stock market's down 10% in January. Uh, if that's not a sign of just how crazy this year might be, um, I'm not, I'm not sure what is, man, it's going to be something. Yeah. And if you, and, and again, you you you've said it and there's, you've, you, I think America is something that I look very close at because what that dynamic you just discussed is massive and and there's i think you're gonna you've got half of of the american population very un, very unhappy uh with the situation at least half and 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 the other half beginning to wake up perhaps to hold on was this the right policy was it not i mean and and there's a lot of issues down there you have to be very careful what we talk about because they start to pull uh they pull your, your, your videos but um i think one of the things that Really, I, I get a lot of questions on. I get people phoning me every day and say, Andy, where do I put my money? I have bought gold. I have bought silver. 
what do I do with my money? And I say, well, first thing to do is try and get it out of the bank. Um, it'd be better off to take your, even if you don't buy any more gold or silver, you should buy anything that real estate, land, what forest, etc. Yeah, I mean, we've done all that. So, but we, what do we do with our cash? So, well, take it out of the bank if you can and put it in, put it in a vault, you know. Uh, but because bail-ins is the next thing, and and we, you know, it's in every single legislation. I think this is the issue that people forget. With so much going on, we forget that bail-in legislation is in every single country, except Liechtenstein, but. Every single country in the world, there's bail-in legislation. So um, if you went to Switzerland right now and you try to take your, you, you say, oh, hang on a minute, all my money's in this bank. I've, I've loaned this money to this Swiss bank and I've got three quarters of a basis point. Are they charging me three quarters of a basis point to have my money in there? Why wouldn't I take it out? Well, because they won't let you. So, so what is that? That's a bail-in. So if you have a lot of money in a bank, and you go to this bank and say, they'll say, well, actually, you're going to limit you to two to three hundred thousand Swiss francs. Well, hold on a minute. No, no, I want all my cash out. If I'm a hedge fund, I want all my cash. I would rather put it into a cheaper vault and store it, this cash, for when I need it and I can utilize it. But no, no, you're not allowed to take it. So, again, people forget that cash is an investment. So putting cash in the bank is an actual investment choice. And and into an unknown where you don't even know the balance sheet of that bank. And we're talking about, you know, we're talking about an uncertain world here. And at any point, I mean, we're talking about geopolitical concerns. We're seeing safe haven physical demand come in. We're seeing safe haven paper demand coming in, but we're seeing very, very large safe haven physical demand coming in and people looking for safe haven. Some of those choices is cash. So I'd be very, very careful if you put that cash into a bank. Yeah, you keep the minimum amount there that you need, you know, that you need to, whatever you use, your checking account to to pay your bills, you know, your mortgage, that kind of stuff. But you're right, uh, the idea that, you know, you're just gonna park some massive amount of cash at a bank. Um, just not, I mean, if, if you're aware of the, all these regulations, like you said, I mean, it's pretty clear that's just not a good idea. And again, so what are you gonna do? You can't, I mean, probably it, it's foolish to put all your money in every, you know, into one thing. Right. I mean, we'd never want anybody to take everybody, take everything they got and put it into gold, that sort of thing. So you still got to be smart. You, I mean, you have this you just but this is a time when I, I just can't stress enough how important it is for people to be paying attention. Because, I mean, anything can happen as we go through this year. And, and, and Andy, just as an example, you talk about the stability of the financial system. Um, what was just a week or two ago? The Russ and Pam Mertens at Wall Street on Parade were writing about all of the trillions of dollars that the major U.S. banks and global banks took from the Fed in that uh, repo, reverse repo crisis that they had. I guess it was repo crisis um, back at the end of 2019. And these banks are still massively exposed financially. Just I mean, nothing has changed since 2008. Again, which is all part of why the Fed, I mean, this notion that the Fed's going to be hiking rates to seven times this year. I can't even say it without laughing, Andy. Um, I mean, they're just, not, they're just not going to. But the system is still that fragile, and it is built, like you said. They, in the interim, over the last 10 years, uh, every country in the world, save Liechtenstein, 
has written into their banking laws this bail-in stuff. Hell, what? Remember the the gal that uh, Biden put up to be the U.S. office uh, to head the office of the Comptroller of the Currency, and she'd written this like 65-page paper that was published in the Vanderbilt Law Review last year about how we're going to take all commercial bank deposits and move them to the Fed. I mean, she's already planned. I mean, that's. I mean, she was confident enough that that's the direction it's headed that she put that out there. Um, so yeah, anything that, again, you can convert to physical metal and, and understand why you own it um, is very important. And again, I think that's a big part of uh, the value of what you do and the value of what I do, because, you know, in this world that we live in now, everybody, so I shouldn't say everybody, but so many people are focused on, you know, immediate satisfaction, immediate investment gains, you know, why would I want to own gold? You know, it, uh, it might go up only 20% this year, you know, where last year I owned whatever, and it went up 20% in a day. You know, everybody wants that immediate gratification. Um, and so part of what you and I have to do is, is, is frankly, keep people engaged and, and keep them educated and keep reminding them why they own gold and, and why they own metal through things like Kinesis. Because the price, and I say this all the time, the price that you see, you reference, as you've been recording, the price of COMEX gold going up $10 and back down $10. Price changes all the time, but the value only goes up because this madness continues. And and I guess maybe we're as a as a as a population, people aren't taught to differentiate between value and price anymore. You know, but there but there's a clear difference between value and price. And the value of my precious metal, man, it just it just gets more precious every single day because of all this all this madness that just keeps going. So we try to. And we can talk about price and you know and the fluctuations and and uh, you know and try to profit from it a little bit. But the the main thing is is you own physical metal. You know why you own it. You're preparing for the next generation of monetary system that's coming or whatever it is that's coming around the bend, and um, and, and try to keep track of of the world around you so that you're prepared for that. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I'm totally with you. As you say, physical, physical. I mean, whether it's kinesis physical, whether it's physical in your that you have in your house, it, it is, it is all about physical. It's, it's stay away from paper. We tell. I've heard you say it. I say it. Don't become part of the problem. To people, look. <clears throat> yes, it's if you if you're a trader and you know what you're doing. Obviously, it's your business. You have the correct financial advice. You have you know how to discern the market. You know when to get in and out, and you're probably a fleet trader. Fine, you, then then you know what you're doing. But my God, don't be a speculator. Go into that bloody pit, that pit which is really the uh, the, the Comex casino, and expect to walk out with any money at all. And and it's uh, in fact it, it just doesn't happen. And I think one of the um, interesting things that the other interesting thing that that keeps popping to mind is. The fact that we have a diverging world and that right now, today, I wake up this morning and they're saying, oh, this Russian conflict, there was what, 900,000 American troops on the border. I mean, you know, the jo there's a jockeying, this jockeying geopolitical bomb that is being hanging out there. There are people that would just love the, Ameri the American military complex would love to have another war. I'm sure it would suit everybody, suit the Fed, suit everyone. There's, I think I see a divergence here between the Fed and the BIS. 
uh, coming. I actually see that Europe is a landmass that has Russia and China on it. The US is way over there and they're telling everyone what to do and they're, they're stirring up stuff that's going to cause my gas prices to go to now. I mean, I think my, my last gas bill uh, for the house was for, in a month was like 400 pounds. It's like for 500 pounds. It's like, why? Because the gas price has gone up. Why? Because of this conflict. Why? Because, you know what I mean? It's like the power that, that, that we're living on a continent that is not America. And, and I think we see the BIS. I'm damn certain these guys uh, want that. Uh, certainly the, the, the ECB, the European Union has gold, has a lot of gold. Right. Uh, right. And they value gold. The Fed, when I spoke to Martino, Daniela de, de, um, uh, de, de Martino Booth, she said, oh, it's a Fed insider. She said, you, no one's ever mentioned gold in the Fed. They don't talk about gold. I mean, good God, we're going to see this. I think there's going to be a massive divergence. And I think we're going to see a split uh, between what the Fed wants Basel for. It wants social credit. It wants to put the system in across the world. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we see a split now happening. And I think it's going to be very bullish because it's going to drive the price of gold and silver much higher. And Andy, one last thing to that point. A guy I know by the name of Tom Luongo told me this. And I thought, well, that makes sense. Um, and he said, to what your point is about the ECB having maybe a different uh, outlook for gold than the Fed in that, I mean, what does the ECB have for assets? Nothing. I mean, they got what, 9 trillion euros on their balance sheet of debt, right? And so if interest rates go up and that debt has to be marked to market, it's all gonna fall in price. And at some point they're gonna be basically insolvent, right? Okay, well, and they, that's the only tool they have is to keep printing euro and buying more debt. All right. so. Let's just say that, you know, they're in a kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, what's the one asset that the ECB does have, Andy? You know, what is it, 6,000 tons of gold? Yeah. So what they would, I would think, uh, be open to the possibility of a higher gold price. Yeah. Just sure. their balance sheet. Yeah. And so that kind of, again, um, I mean, let's just put that log on the fire, too. You know, that augurs for, yeah, I know it's been a tough it's been, I, I've aged probably five years in the last one year because- Oh, you know, you look fine there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's my birthday coming up this week, by the way. It's, oh, oh, well, we stop counting, uh, don't we? Oh, God, it's just, it's, so anyway, uh, as an aside, um, but anyway, the you've got um, all these things going on this year and uh, it has been a very challenging last, whatever, 15, 12 months. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's time to give up. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on you've got to understand what has gone on. And as we as we began, you know, we just talked about the, the longer you stay in a consolidation phase like this, um, the more eyes are upon it, and the more people will notice when it breaks out. And one, I mean, one last thing to that regard, I mean, silver traded for better part of seven years, seven years between $14 and $18 an ounce. And so it's not just you and I that kind of got used to staring at it in that range. It was every consumer of silver, every producer of silver, every bank, uh, everyone around the planet. 
Well, then all of a sudden in July and August of 2020, it goes from 18 to 28. And that's a pretty massive reset of price higher. And so in a bigger picture, the fact that it is consolidated now for 15 months between 22 and 28, just as market participants, if you will, have gotten used to this, okay, this is a new paradigm. I guess we're not going back down. So that then now when it breaks out above 28, everybody's going to notice, you know, and that's when things start clipping off to the upside pretty well. So again, it just augurs for staying patient, uh, averaging into, you know, metal through kinesis and all the other ways you can get your hands on some physical and, and just know why you bought it, know why you continue to own it and understand, like I said, that price does not equal value. That stuff is in the madness of this world. You know, as you get to the end of this debt-based system, um, your your precious metal is going to be just absolutely almost invaluable uh, when the time comes. Sage words. Those are sage words, <laughs> and I think you know it's coming from 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 a person I very much respect. And uh, I think on a much lighter note, I want I hope Shane puts in that link to the the little video that we made with you. Uh, in, I think <laughs> yeah. a few months back. I think it's had a, like over eight and a half thousand views, 800,000 views or something yeah. coming up for a million views. Come on, guys, let's make it a million yeah. because it's a brilliant, a brilliant little video that you went through and uh, this, this, this really basically taking apart the paper game and uh, making it so, so understandable for, for people. It's been everywhere. And in fact, I spoke to someone today. I said, oh, it's just somebody I met in town. And I said, oh, I've got Craig Ferguson coming on. And he said, is he the guy that did that uh, video? <laughs> yeah, he's that guy that did that video. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get it to a million. My daughters would think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there, there was a point where uh, my youngest daughter found an entry in the Urban Dictionary that was attributed to my site. And she thought, Dad, you made the Urban Dictionary. How cool are you? And I was like, <laughs> so if I can get something with a million views, I mean, I'll be, we'll be right up there with the Kardashians, Andy, you and I. Oh, yes, indeed. Except, yeah. uh, except I'm, I think uh, you've got more to say. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're a little less, you're a little less plastic. You're wearing your age a lot better than. than <laughs> hey, listen, thanks so much for your time. And you know what? We'll do this again. We're going to do something with you and I and Tom yeah. soon. Um, let's, 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 um, it, just thank you so much for all you've, uh, done for us, for the industry. Uh, people can find you at TF metals. Yes. Uh, TF metals report.com. Um, and Hey, you know, I'm thinking Andy, if you don't mind, I, uh, I, I have run in the past, like a coupon code. If people want to kick the tires on my site for a month and see if it's, yeah, if it's helpful it. or not. Um, and I just, I just ran one on Greg Hunter's site and a few people picked it up on it and, you know, thought, well, okay. So I if you don't mind, we might as well do it again. We'll use a, a well, what would be a good one? We'll use just Kinesis. How's that? Then I can keep track. There of you it. go. Uh, so Love you go it. to tfmetalsreport.com. You sign up for a month, a monthly subscription. It'll cost you, and it's 15 bucks is all. Um, but at checkout, if you enter the word Kinesis, K-I-N-E-S-I-S, you get half off your first month, so it'll cost you seven fifty. Perfect, uh, twenty five cents a day. You can quit, you can cancel. If you don't, then you'll just start paying the regular freight at fifteen bucks a month until you do cancel. But it's a way for look. I just look. Maybe I sound hyperbolic. I don't know. Just crazy old man, you know, screaming <laughs> clouds. <laughs> Which you know, Andy, we are getting up there. Um, 
but I, I really, this is, this is going to be some kind of year. And I, I just, I, there's the more information you have uh, to help you stay on top of things, the better off you are. Keep watching these videos that you guys put out every week, you know, keep educating yourself about what's out there. And if I can help you with that, please give us a try. TFmetalsReport.com. And again, the coupon code of Kinesis and at least let you see what it's all about for half price the first month. I encourage everyone to actually do that. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, my friend, my brother. Thank you. Andy, one of these days, I'm going to get back across that pond and, uh, and buy you a, a pint. Maybe, a, maybe, maybe three or four. Yeah, thank you, my friend. I look forward to it. All right, there you have it. Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire and special guest Craig Hemke of the TF Metals Report. And you can find him at Metals Report. Okay, at Metals Report. Now, I just wanted to mention here before we wrap up that uh, Craig collaborated on a video with Kinesis in 2021. And if you haven't seen it, you have to see this video. And when I tell you about it, you want to pass it on to everyone you know. He talked a little bit about it. He wants to have a million views. We're very, very close now. Uh, but uh, if you want someone to really understand the gold and silver markets in a few minutes in a really, really entertaining way, it's called The Biggest Gold and Silver Swindle of All Time. And we'll include a link below. Uh, but be sure to bookmark this video and send it to everyone you know. It's called, again, it's called the biggest gold and silver swindle of all time. Just look for the link below and let's help Greg, uh, get to his, um, and forget, get to a million. Let's help him pass a million views. So remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper and gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets they're not the same don't be fooled and there you have it that's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of live from the vaults please help us spread the word about this channel by liking hit the like button right now you know uh, share this video and also subscribe hit that bell notification if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live and with that we'll see you next time on live from the vault See you then.